Welcome to the second season of the podcast, Jesus Has Left the Building. We'll hear from people from Black Forest Community Church who have been engaging in creative, bold, and fluid, outside the box, I mean, outside the church building, ministries that have inspired us. Our topic of discussion is love. Love in action, revolutionary love, radical love. This is the Jesus Has Left the Building podcast, where ministers, people of faith, activists, and church leaders have left the building too, with Marta and Mandy. Together, we are reading Love is the Way, Holding on to Hope in Troubling Times by Bishop Michael Curry, the presiding bishop of the Episcopal Church in the U.S. This week's conversations are guided by chapters 5, Love's Call and Love's Calling, and 6, It's Not Easy. We talk about our superhero powers and living into the gifts God has given us with church members Amelia Kemp, Leslie Sheely, and J.J. Halsey. Amelia is a senior at the College of Worcester in Worcester, Ohio. Her experience growing up as a biracial person in northern Colorado Springs gives her a unique perspective on what love looks like in our community. She is majoring in communications, and this past summer she served as our first intern. JJ has been a firefighter for 27 years. He lives with his wife, Cindy, and Falcon. They have a 17-year-old son and 22-year-old daughter, whom they are extremely proud of. He loves a good cup of coffee in the morning, usually without a hit of whiskey. Leslie grew up on a farm in North Dakota and thought she would be a farmer's wife, but ended up marrying her brother's friend and roommate from the Air Force Academy. Together, they have one son. After 35 years of living all over the country, her husband retired in Colorado Springs in 2020. In January, she began a new position as the church's ministry coordinator. We have two sacred texts that we are going to use this morning. The first one is from the Gospel of Mark, chapter 12, verse 31. So this is your opportunity to take a break and go and get your Bible and break it open. If you're in the marking type, then it is chapter 12, verse 31. And it goes like this. The second is this, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. There is no other commandment greater than these. Bishop Curry says that the ability to love ourselves is intimately related to our capacity to love others. But loving yourself as loving others is complicated. It's complicated because it's not just about loving all the parts of ourselves. That's impossible. But being aware and living deeply into those things that God has gifted each of us with. And when we really live into those few specific gifts gifts in a way that honors both you and God, you're able to love others more profoundly. The gospel verse is one of Exodus 10 commandment passages. It is one of those tried and true faithful rules that guide us as people of faith. Jesus quotes it from his Hebrew ancestors on the heels of several parables in the Gospel of Mark. He is teaching the community how to unfold God's kingdom on earth as it is in heaven. And he asks how how do we how to wonder about the other, how to listen, feel empathy, 
embody different norms, cultivate a more just community, to set people free, and to simply practice loving. Jesus wanted to change the Roman institution and the religious institution that inflicted harm on many people of his time. And so he says, love yourself so that you can love others. So thank goodness I'm just a regular person. Seriously, I have had no choice but to identify the few things that I do really, really well. And they're not performative gifts that I was gifted with, so they're not easily seen by others. It has taken me a lot of work to hone those gifts in. And ministry is such a big job and it's unusual that any one person is gifted with all the parts of the role all the time. So in order to do the job well, it is helpful, at least for me, to identify and live deeply into those specific gifts. When I do that, I'm honoring God, myself, and my neighbor, or in some cases, it's often the congregation. Here's what I do well. I have vision, I have a deep desire for being in relationship, and I manage systemic organizational processes well. For, the, for things I don't do well, which there are a bunch of things, I use my vision, my relationships, and my ability to organize so that I can identify others to be in ministry with me. In other words, I find people that are better at the parts of my job that I am not good at. As Jesus said, the greatest commandment is loving your neighbor as yourself. Bishop Curry says in chapter five, one way to navigate toward personal transformation is to use God's GPS. Some say God, it's God's compass. Valerie Kaur, a civil rights activist, lawyer, and writer, calls it the revolutionary love compass. In fact, she has a revolutionary love project that you can find online. We will post the link if you're interested. In the meanwhile, we invite you to start thinking about your gifts, I mean superhero powers that God has given you. So our second scripture text, which really spoke to me this week as we were reading chapters five and six, comes from 1 Corinthians 3, verse six. I planted, Apollos watered, but God gave the growth. I was gifted with a more visible super hero power, music, but what I've really discovered over the last few years is that my true gifts lie in my ability to plant seeds of justice, to create spaces for others to connect with God, that space where they get watered and fed. I use my artistic skills as a vehicle to sow those seeds in all the work and ministry that I do. 
the thing is though, I just plant the seeds and I never truly know what will come of those seeds. The liturgy or the hymn verse or the poem or the story, I never know whether they'll be watered and provided light. It really is an act of faith. And really one of my absolute favorite things about ministry is watching the seeds that I've sown grow into plants I've never seen before. New life that I could never have imagined on my own. It's amazing to watch how these little ideas that I plant become something new. Marta has this children's book in her office that is called In God's Name. It's a multicultural, interreligious children's book. And the idea of this story is that God's name is chosen by the work and gifts of each individual. We can use any variety of names for God. Healer, mother, gardener, peacemaker, father, conductor. And this wide range of names for God honors each of us, the gifts that we have been gifted to live out on earth as it is in heaven. No single one of us has all the gifts, but as a community, we represent a fuller, more diverse image of all that God is and all that God gifts us with. Curry says, my job is to plant seeds of love and to keep on planting even or especially when bad weather comes. When we plant seeds and we continue to plant and we don't give up, eventually there will be new growth. There will be new ways of being, better ways, more loving ways, and we'll begin to embody norms of love rather than division, polarization, and violence. This morning, we will hear from Amelia Kemp, who was our summer intern. She will talk a little bit about her love and the way that she has loved in times such as these and her own superhero power that she is learning to lean into. And we'll also hear from Leslie Sheely, our ministry coordinator, and from JJ Halsey, a member of our congregation who have intentionally read chapters five and six and will share their thoughts. Amelia, take it away. All right. Hi, everyone. Um, yeah, so I was talking to my mom a little bit about this earlier, and we were just sort of thinking through, um, you know, what some of those superpowers might be. And um, I think that one of my uh, love superpowers is being able to see shades of gray and redeemable qualities in in people. So even people that I really disagree with say for example like politically you know we're so divided right now um and being able to see you know where people are coming from understand their circumstances and understand that not everything is just good or bad or not everything is just simply clear-cut all of those things I think are um superpowers of mine because I definitely know people who aren't able to find those shades of gray those ways to forgive people for having you know opinions that they find irredeemable um so yeah I think that that is probably my superpowers being able to sort of talk things through with 
you know, kind of almost anyone and being able to listen and find the shades of gray in life because my motto is, you know, life is in the shades of gray. So yeah, I'd say that that is my love superpower and I'm thankful for that. That's great, Amelia. And I do think that that is a really particular particular gift right now is to be able to do that. And I've even um, experienced you doing that with me. I've, I've had to come to you over the last six months and um, say, hey, this is what happened. This is the conversation I had with someone in community, or I've noticed this on social media. What do you think about that? And you have really risen and being able to say, well, this is where I am and this is what I think. And this is how um, I think we can understand the other person's story and have some empathy with them. Um, so what is, I think what comes with that superhero power of gray is not only just naming it, but um, being able to um, really have that deep and abiding empathy for someone else and their life story and what their perspective they might have. And so it's not like you're not having integrity and holding on to your beliefs, but you're just aware that someone else might have some, some other beliefs. So I think that's super awesome. Peace, my friend. We love you. And we're glad that you came on today. Yes. Happy to come. Thanks for having me. Leslie, tell us about chapters five and six things that stuck out for you and maybe a little bit about your superhero power. One of the things in chapter five that really uh, stuck out for me was when he was talking about, um, he's writing his paper about Dr. King and Dr. King's commitment to nonviolence and his belief that um, Jesus teachings introduced a way of life that could change the world and the individual for better. And that you know, changing laws are important and they're great, but that the real progress and the real change is when we can change hearts. And um, I, that just really struck me because I'm like, we have to start with ourselves first and see our, ourselves through the eyes of God. And then we can start moving from there and helping change all hearts. But I think we forget that we have to start with ourselves first. And, I love that quote that Barbara Harris had on uh, page 109 that said, when you know, nurture, and ultimately share your, share your true self, you breathe God's love into every space you inhabit. And I, I love that. That's a great reminder, you know, wherever we go, are we breathing God's love into the space where we are at that moment? Um, that's a good reminder for me. And then in, in chapter six, uh, I... I really like that chapter. I love the reminder that our job is to do our job, not every job, and then let God do his job. And, um, you know, it's a good reminder to not get caught up in our own egos, our own intentions, and what we think should happen. Um, I think we get lost sometimes in that. And that even if we think our job isn't enough, or it's too small, or it's too insignificant, if that's our job, then the important thing is just to do our job. So that's what stuck out for me in chapter six. I really liked that reminder that really no job is too small ever if it's our job and we don't have to do every job. So, and I hope my other superpower is that I can make, I think I make people feel comfortable most of the time if they, you know, uh, 
So I hope that's one of my superpowers, I guess. Yeah, I think it is actually. I think you do a really good job at that. You're very hospitable. Um, Leslie right now is our ministry coordinator. So um, most of you in some way, shape or form has heard from her on the telephone or email. Um, it's her role to sort of keep us all connected and threaded together in, in some way. So JJ, tell us what you thought about chapters five and six. Regarding the question of what's my superpower, um, I think it's, for me, it's probably um, an anti-superpower, but it's what I use. Maybe it's more of a defense mechanism on how I approach things or life and what's before me. But I, I tend to look at things through a slightly pessimistic lens. And um, my daughter points out to me often that I'm quite cynical at times. And that's you know, just how I approach things. And so when I'm reading the book, the first five chapters of this book, I, I got the, the general message of what the author is trying to put out. And I, and I could appreciate that. But the whole time I'm pessimistically thinking, this is just not doable. <laughs> There's no way that, you know, this will work kind of thing. Um, it's just too big. It's just too much. And two, I, I need to open my heart up way too much to be able to accommodate that. But then chapter six came along and I was reading it and it, it talked about the um, um, Tuesday mornings with Maury and, and the, the the parable that Maury shared with his student was basically, you know, the, the waves crashing against the shore and how the wave was panicked because that would be it. And, the, you know, the other waves reminded him that that or her that they were part of a bigger entity, part of, you know, the ocean, and that really got me thinking. And I I tried to wrap my brain around that as well, um, and I was able to put it into terms that I could understand. And and this is what I I kind of equate it to is when there's a you know a wildland fire out in the forest, and we send it's just raging, and we're just it's 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 massive and if you think about sending one person or you know two people three people in to go and try to make a difference there's just no way it's a futile effort and it's probably super dangerous and but if you start doing it in a in a methodical and and calculated way and you throw enough resources at it then then it becomes a lot more manageable you know we have these we these wildland hand crews that we send in um, 20, 30, 40 people strong. Each one, each member of that crew has a different tool, a different job, a different um, task that they have to accomplish. But they all start at the same place and then they start moving from that place, that anchor point through through the forest. And they start building fire line, fire break. You know, they remove trees, they remove grasses and shrubs and bushes and and then towards the end of the line, you've got tools and people that are scraping the surface of the, the topsoil. So you're down to bare dirt, that mineral soil. And you've, you've now created by the use of these 40, 50 people working in conjunction, each having their own job. You've, you've started with this overwhelming task and you've ended with this, you know, really well-constructed um, opportunity to start to stop or divert the fire from going on and, and creating, you know, large amounts of destruction. 
And that to me was kind of put it into perspective. That's my role. I'm one of those members of that hand crew somewhere. And I, I have to keep doing what I can to contribute to the the greater good, if you will. And, um, and so that really just helped me understand uh, how it's important for all of us to work together and, um, you know, do great things, but with many different voices, uh, you know, perspectives and um, tools, if you will. So that's kind of how I've evolved through the book and um, am evolving through the book. And it um, gave me a little better sense and kind of lightened up that that pessimistic streak. I love that you named that as your superhero power, being pessimistic and um, sort of curious because that's what it more is. It's a curiosity and it is being critical of situations. Um, and I think that we need those kinds of people. We need those kinds of people to get into something and really um, un undo it, dismantle, look at it, wonder about it, have that sort of judgment in a different way. I think that's really, really um, important. Um, I think that JJ is a firefighter for those of you who don't know. Um, and so I think there's so many things with fires and forest fires that present all kinds of their own story in parable. Um, in some ways, in order for rejuvenation, we, we need as destructive as fires are, they provide um, the ability for there to be new growth. Um, particularly in forests in ways that can't happen um, if it wasn't completely destructed. So I thank you for that. The other thing about love, about love is the way by Bishop, Bishop Curry is that it is a super accessible book. Um, he is very pastoral. And I think that that is something that JJ also spoke to um, is that he's not expecting us to save the world. And um, I think that in times such as these, we think, oh, it's either, it's super binary. Wait, we can't do this at all. And so we don't, um, or we can save the world. And there are a few people, not very many that can have those big, huge, dramatic abilities to do those things. And so then there's nothing left for the rest of us, right? And um, I think that what he does is he um, gives us access to our own heart in a way that um, in some other readings, it has, it has felt like um, there's no way, I, there's no ability for me to do that. And so I have really enjoyed that, that piece of him. Thank you to everyone for sharing those thoughts. Um, it's always, you know, talk about planting those seeds. It's so interesting to see how these three people who are reading from completely different perspectives and points of view, I guess five, if you count Marta and I, um, reading from these different perspectives and then the way that they speak into um, similar things and pull out, um, you know, I, I, I love how there are different perspectives and yet these threads that weave through. Um, and I appreciate all of that so much. We have no idea what people are going to say when we ask them to um, unmute and start talking. And so it is that little bit of faith and these beautiful, beautiful things grow out of that. So thank you.
at the end of Curry's book, he gives a love and action daily planner. The planner is based on the Benedictine monks and their practice of daily work. The idea is to grow closer to God, who is love. So each week we wanted to share a category of action. Um, the first week was the body, and then the second week was the mind. And this week we send you off with the action of engaging your spirit. So this week we invite you to a regular schedule of prayer to connect with God and the greater universe. Examples might be saying grace or expressing gratitude at mealtimes with your family um, or just general prayer or meditating daily, attending a weekly gathering with your faith community or spending time in nature or solitude. So now my friends, I send you off. Go now in peace. Amen. This podcast is made possible by listeners like you. Find us on Facebook at Black Forest Community Church, United Church of Christ. And message us to learn how you can be a part of this effort to tell stories, have conversations, build relationships, and follow Jesus out of the church and into the world. To support our work, search for Black Forest Community Church on Venmo to make a one-time donation or a regular commitment with as little as $1 a month. You'll get regular communications and updates about our stories. Thank you to all those people that support and listen. We could not do this without you.